Hello and welcome to the Market Monthly Podcast. I'm John Gardner, and I'm happy to speak with you here as April's come to a close and we kick off May as the market opens Monday morning, the first trading day of the new month. So as a reminder, my Market Monthly Podcast is all about highlights and insights. So this is a, really a review of the market's highlights over the previous month and a preview of what I expect for the market in the month ahead. So my forward insights and perspectives are based on current financial market and economic trends with an emphasis on relevant developments in areas ranging from Fed policy and company earnings to changing investor sentiment. And there's certainly been a lot of that here uh, in the past month of, of April, if not this entire year. So with that, uh, I want to get started. Perhaps first, a little bit about me. Again, I'm John Gardner, a certified financial planner and a certified portfolio manager. I'm the founder of Blackhawk Wealth Advisors here in Danville, California. I've been an investment advisor now since 1984, so just finished my 37th year. So in year 38, I can't say I've seen it all because the market continues to uh, teach us uh, all. Um, so okay, on to the April market monthly, looking back at, at April and ahead at the month of May. Well, really April and the beginning, you know, the, the, the second quarter uh, opened a lot like the first quarter and the month of March ended. Uh, April 1st, the market was up, uh, although on low volume which is not as bullish as we would like. Uh, but the new quarter, again, and the month of April kicked off with momentum uh, that gave the market a lift uh, as the first quarter in March ended. Uh, that rally began around March 14th, so the last half of, of, of March. But the rally in the second half of March was surrendered totally uh, in April as the market just could not uh, hold on to those gains in the face of a lot of big issues we know them all, uh, data on inflation showing 40-year highs and the prices rising of almost everything, all goods and services. Uh, we had fear of, of and still do, of, of the Fed raising rates. Uh, perhaps we know they're going to. The, the fear is, will it be too much, too fast, and really uh, result in, in, in sparking a recession, an economic recession? Uh, earnings, disappointments have triggered massive sell-offs in the market uh, in specific stocks uh, really all the month of, of April uh, in nearly all sectors, almost as if there's no place to hide. We saw the likes of, of Amazon and Netflix, uh, gosh, really alarming and shocking sell-offs in, in, in their stock prices uh, in a reaction to their earnings announcements. So I'll get back to, to that. Uh, further, uh, why the market surrendered all its gains since the middle of March. And again, beyond just the fear of the Fed uh, raising rates too much and the effect on the economy, I mentioned earnings, but then there's other big issues such as 
as with China's doing in terms of their major city shutdowns uh, and, and the supply chain impacts that's having, also impacting inflation fears uh, as prices rise uh, in face of that, uh, and least of which we have the ongoing horrific events in, in Eastern Europe as the Russian-Ukraine war continues. So uh, by mid-April, the market sentiment was falling fast and, and FUD was increasing. FUD, you know, fear, uncertainty, and doubt is really gripping the market here in recent weeks. But the month was extremely volatile, really, as the major indices swung uh, 2%, the NASDAQ especially, uh, 2% or more in both directions in a given day, quite often. In fact, out of the 21 trading sessions in the month of April, the NASDAQ swung 2% uh, or, or more uh, both directions 12 times. Uh, eight of them were down and, and four were up. So eight times it fell down uh, 2 or more percent and it, was, it rose 2% or more four times. A lot of volatility. So I think above all, earnings, as I mentioned, uh, appear to be the biggest catalyst uh, to the high volatility and market sell-off. Uh, overall, the NASDAQ fell over 13% in the month of April. It was its worst month since 2008, back at the, the global great financial crisis. It's a long time ago. So a lot of volatility in April, and especially in the NASDAQ. Okay, well... April, again, got off to a it what appeared to be a strong start. Uh, the NASDAQ was up 2% uh, on the 4th of April. It was the fourth time the NASDAQ had risen 2% or more uh, since uh, late March. Uh, the, the tech rally continued. Uh, on the 4th of April, we got Twitter news. Uh, Elon Musk offered 54.20 to buy the stock. That was speculation and rumor. It turned out to be a real offer. And since then, uh, we've seen uh, that deal essentially consummate in a $44 billion price tag uh, to Musk to buy, uh, to take over Tesla. I'm sorry, Twitter. He, he's already got a good handle on Tesla. So that was all about Twitter. And that gave the market a spark. Uh, but all the while, the market looked a little questionable. Uh, the strength was, was certainly uh, not being confirmed by, by volume. Volume was, was weaker than we'd prefer, uh, at lighter than average. Didn't, uh, didn't really confirm the trend, but it was still, uh, still positive. And again, in the early days of, of April, there was a lot of talk for the first time in a long time about the inverted yield curve. You may have heard a lot of talk about that. That's a phenomenon when a shorter duration bond has a yield greater than a longer duration. So that results in an in a inverted yield curve. So in early April, we saw the five-year, three-year, even the two-year yield exceeding that of the 10-year treasury. So that's a bit rare. And, historic, and it's important because historically it's, it's been a telltale sign of looming recession. So that's what was concerning the market quite a bit in, in early April. It, this event that occurred for the first time in early April um, was the first time that it happened since August of, 
of 2019. Now, now back then, it was a false uh, alarm, really. Uh, a, tr a recession wasn't triggered, uh, and the S&P wound up climbing uh, over 5% in the month following uh, that the inversion back then. Uh, in fact, the index rose over 17% in the six months following uh, th that uh, yield inversion and 19% over the following 12 months. So it's not always a bad thing, but, but certainly is another reason for the market to sell off. Uh, a little bit more perspective on, on yield inversions in the seven times the two-year Treasury uh, and the 10-year yields have inverted since 1978. The S&P has actually gone up 2.2% uh, one month later, and the gains grew to 6 uh, and 11% in the 6 and 12-month periods after that. So, it, so the recession, as we know, is defined by two consecutive declining quarters of GDP. Uh, it, it isn't necessarily always bad for the major stock indices. All right, well, again, back to April and the market. On the 5th of April, the market sold off uh, quite heavily. The NASDAQ down over 2%. Uh, now, the rally that we'd been enjoying since the middle of March really came under question, and many analysts be began to, to label it a bear market rally, which is not a good thing. It's almost like a bear trap. You have this uptick in an otherwise downward trending market, uh, a bear market rally. Uh, and it appears that's what we had looking back at early April. On the 6th of April, the NASDAQ was down over 2%. So the NASDAQ opened second quarter by falling about 2% three days in a row. It, at that time, early in, in, in April, a lot of news was hitting the market, including uh, minutes were released from the previous Fed meeting that revealed essentially that, that the policymakers uh, were, were much more uh, hawkish uh, than expected. The consensus among these, these members of the Fed uh, had, had grown increasingly hawkish as they were much more uh, really zeroing in on, on fighting in inflation and keeping it from escalating. So uh, the market trend be, weakened further, uh, and at, uh, by the sixth of the month, what had been a market in confirmed uptrend weakened to uptrend under pressure. And at this time, the old market adage, don't fight the Fed, was being heard as major indices fell below their important support levels. Again, continuing with the, the month, uh, the market staged a fairly impressive uh, reversal uh, on the 7th of the month. Uh, crude oil prices began to slip uh, back below $100 a barrel. Uh, however, natural gas prices jumped to the highest close since December of 2008. Uh, lots of reasons for that. Uh, and the 10-year treasure, treasury yield rose uh, to 2.65%. That was the highest in three years. So we've seen interest rates climbing slowly but surely really all year. Uh, I'll come back to interest rates as we continue. But then as the days went on, we saw more and more reversals to the downside. On the 8th, the NASDAQ fell, uh, closed the week. It fell that Friday the 8th and, and it closed the week down 
over 4%, which this ended in, the, the result of this week was giving uh, essentially uh, back uh, a chunk of the rally the market had enjoyed since since March, the March 14th low. Again, the next week, as we continue through April, uh, we saw another broad sell-off in the market. Uh, this time, volume was up. Uh, rates kept climbing. Uh, we saw rates on the 11th of, of, of April, uh, at least measured with a 10-year Treasury benchmark, hit 2.8%. Uh, now, for perspective, 2.8% may not sound very high, but where did it come from? A year ago, April of 2021, the 10-year Treasury was 1.6. So that, that interest rate benchmark is up 75% in 12 months. So there's been a big spike in interest rates, which really is, is, is not good uh, long-term for, for the stock market. And it was pretty evident in some of the large-cap growth stocks, especially in the technology arena, uh, like Google, for example. Google's stock by the middle of, of, of April had fallen uh, eight out of nine days. Uh, that was its longest losing streak since November of 2019. Well, the negative reversals continued. The market weakened. Uh, NASDAQ turned uh, really quite bearish as the month progressed. And then really around the middle of, of the month, there was a surprising reversal in the face of inflation. On the uh, 12th, it was the CPI came out, the consumer price in, uh, inflation, uh, measuring the highest rate since 81 in consumer inflation. The market fell the next day. The market jumped over 2% on, on the PPI uh, news producer price index, which showed uh, another 40-year high in, in, in that uh, barometer of inflation. But it was almost as if the market thought that perhaps inflation may be as high as it's going to get near term. So there was a, real, a rally uh, into that, uh, what would have been uh, expected to be negative news. But as April progressed, uh, relentlessly higher upticks in interest rates and disappointing earnings announcements were just overbearing and too much for the market to handle. All rallies were short-lived, maybe one day before they reversed lower the next. Come late in the month, on the 19th of April, the 10-year Treasury hit 3% for the first time since October of 2018. It's really been uh, a, a tough hurdle for the market to overcome uh, the spike in rates and spike in, in, in inflation. And no wonder the Fed is committed to, to this fight. Then on the earnings front, on the 20th of, of April, Netflix announced earnings that caused the stock to crash. It was down over 35% in reaction to its first quarter earnings announcement. Uh, that was primarily a function of subscribers uh, disappearing, really. So big miss. Uh, and again, interest rates up, earnings weak, NASDAQ declining. Uh, we had a, 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 a six, a count of six distribution days by the latter part of April, which is really a bearish indicator. 
a distribution day is defined as one of the major indices declining 1.5% or more on higher volume than the previous session. So six of those is a cluster uh, that we, we don't really see too often uh, in the market. So uh, we've gone a long time with, without any, and all of a sudden uh, six just popped up in the, in the last uh, three weeks. Uh, so uh, then came the 21st, a very disappointing day, another uh, reversal. The Dow had gone from up over 300 points to down over 300 points. The NASDAQ was up almost 2% and closed down over 2%. Volatility was high. Uh, volume was high. Uh, and we see this constant, it seems like, a trend of strong opens and, and weak closes, which is essentially a hallmark for a, um, a, a bad market. Uh, it's just not a healthy, uh, healthy condition. In fact, on the 22nd, uh, we saw another distribution day, so that count increased to seven. On that day, the NASDAQ fell almost 4%. Gosh, losers outpaced winners seven to one. It was another high volume down day uh, on top of the distribution day edition I mentioned. Uh, and worse yet, the, the market uh, action was so weak that uh, that triggered another trend change as the uh, market uptrend under pressure be turned to market in correction. And that was the third time this year we've seen the trend change uh, to correction from market under pressure. And by this time the markets began, this is just last week, the markets began to, to price in a 75 basis point rate hike in the June meeting. Uh, and that may happen in May, but uh, the odds are higher uh, for the month of June. And as, as I've said before, the the May meeting is just around the corner, May 3rd and 4th. So this is how the market uh, essentially closed uh, the month of April. Yes, it was a really impressive uh, up day uh, as the market reversed higher on the 25th. Uh, but on the 26th, uh, we saw another uh, NASDAQ sell-off of, of 4%. Uh, it, it, it showed... Uh, Losers outpacing winners by five to one. Uh, the market here was just two days into correction mode and, and, and falling fast. And that's how the market ended. Uh, Friday, uh, another very weak day. The NASDAQ was off another 4%. Uh, it suffered its, its, its fourth straight down week. Again, 13% for the month. And as I mentioned earlier, its worst monthly loss since... Uh, October of 2008. Uh, worse yet, really, is the give back of, of all the gains since the March rally began. So it, it, it's a fact, looking back at April, that we really had, well, looking back to March even, uh, we had what uh, is proven to be a bear market rally. So I've said it a few times, it's, it's, it's a fact that the market indices closed the week and the month of April uh, in, in at least a correction, if not bear market. The volatility spiked all month. Volume was increasing on down days. Losing stocks outnumbered winning stocks by a, a, about 3 to 1 often uh, in the month of April. Uh, again, the NASDAQ sold off the hardest in the past month. It's now back to late 2020 levels. 
uh, for perspective on the NASDAQ in April, uh, its 13% drop for the month was greater than the 10% fall it experienced in March of 2020. And, and that's when the market faced the most uncertainty over COVID-19. But it was less than the near 18% plunge uh, that it experienced in October of 2008 uh, in the midst of the global, uh, the great financial crisis, the GFC as it's been called. So let's look ahead. Uh, enough of April. A terrible month, no doubt about it. So what's ahead? What's in store? What's our, my perspective for, for May? Well, expect more fire in the market ahead, in the month ahead. Uh, F-I-R-E, fire. Fed meeting, more earnings, uh, inflation, uh, and economy. Um, so it, we talk a lot about that. The Fed is, 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 again, don't fight the Fed. That's an old market adage. There's a lot of truth to it, and they are committed to raising rates. The Fed meeting this week, uh, the 3rd and 4th of May, uh, will, you know, they'll show their hand, uh, they'll act, and they'll either raise 50 basis points, which is half a point or, or, or more, uh, and we'll see how the market reacts to that. And as I've often said, it's more important what the Fed says than what the Fed does. So a lot of attention will be, will be applied, uh, given to what the Fed says. Jerome Powell and company uh, will show their hand, uh, although they've been pretty transparent. They've, they've, they've been telegraphing their moves for quite a while. Uh, the market's priced in a, 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 at least two uh, 50 basis point rate hikes. Uh, but there's a chance that, that uh, the policymakers will throw in uh, uh, one or two 75 uh, basis point increases in the near future. I mean, the Fed really is worried about inflation becoming entrenched. Uh, even if we're near uh, peak inflation levels for now. Uh, but aggressive rate hikes could derail the economy. Again, that would, worst case, that's a stagflation phenomenon, but... Uh, uh, but the economy, uh, on top of the, the Fed moves, when you throw in uh, China's COVID shutdowns and the ongoing uh, Eastern European uh, war uh, and, and the inflation pressures coming out of that region of the world, uh, it really is going to hit, has uh, hit the economy. Uh, and we'll see where, uh, if that weakens to consecutive uh, negative or declining quarters of growth. So we know that the Fed's going to raise rates, uh, we think, 50 basis points at this first meeting this week. Uh, uh, but stay tuned. There, there could be uh, uh, more aggressive Fed moves uh, in store. So sell in May and go away and buy back after Labor Day. You may have heard that old Wall Street adage, uh, sell in May, go away, come back after Labor Day. Been around a long time. But it may not be good advice. Um, since 1980, uh, the market's been down through April, like it is this year, uh, 15 times. And in those years, uh, it's, it's gone down, f continued to fall from May through September six times. So that's 40% of the 15 times. And the average decline uh, in those moves from May to September uh, over 15 years 
on average, again, has been negative 1.5%. So down, but not a lot. So I would recommend, as I always do, don't risk a lot to gain a little. Uh, trying to avoid what might be a 1.5% or 2% fall uh, and being out uh, could result in missing a, 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 a new rally confirmed and a big up move. So uh, also that would lead to uh, an attempt to market time. And, and market timing rarely works. It, as I've always said, it's time in the market, not market timing uh, that results in successful in investing. So resist the temptation to time the markets. Uh, perhaps we, you reconsider your plan uh, as opposed to just some calendar uh, axiom and, and selling in May and going away. Uh, I've, I've always liked to say that proper prior planning promotes positive portfolio performance. So a lot of P's, but stay true to your plan uh, and that'll keep you, uh, uh, I think, on the right track. So with that, I want to thank you again for tuning into the Market Monthly Podcast. Again, I'm John Gardner. I truly enjoy uh, sharing some insights and perspectives with you on the market past and the market ahead. So I hope you'll tune into the May Market podcast coming up at the end of the month. So again, thanks very much for tuning in and successful investing.